Hi people, welcome back to Dr. Sam's Music. This is season six. Wow, I can't even believe <laughs> that I've been able to pull this off till um this time. But thank you all so much for sticking out with me. Thank you for all your feedback. Thank you for the prayers, for the kind words, for the you know constructive criticism from those who you know send those as well. Thank you for the wonderful conversations and the engagement that we have following the episodes. And honestly, thank you for just allowing me. In into your your lives, you know, with my words and my voice. Um, all my mistakes are mine. Um, I seek refuge in God from, you know, saying things that are displeasing to him. And I pray that he continues to use the gift of words that he has blessed me with in ways that are super pleasing to him. Um, so to jump right into season six, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that a few a few days or maybe weeks ago, I wrote about the fact that one of the best gifts that God has given me is just the sheer inability to worry about the future. And that stems from the fact that I don't even envisage a future. I don't even think about the future. I don't worry about what's going to happen or when it'll happen. I worry about now and what I can do now because really the future is just now later, right? So I worry about now and I focus my energies on now so i don't worry about i don't typically you know go into a state of frenzy or worry about things like some people do and it gives me a lot of calm and it gives me a lot of um reassurance because i have completely handed it over to the one who knows and who handles the future and that's god almighty and i know that whatever the future is going to bring he's in control he knows he knows my effort he knows what i want he knows what i wish for and he knows what's best for me so if anything that i want is in tandem with what he knows is best for me i know that he will grant it and if not he will change it for something better so i don't worry myself too much about certain things and I'll tell you the steps that I use that help me with that first of all obviously it's a gift from God I'm not going to come here and happen about oh because I do this I'm able to achieve this no it's a gift from God one that I will never take for granted and I pray that he never have it never ever takes away from me because I've sat with people that suffer from chronic anxiety I've sat with people that suffer from fear and panic and worry. And to have this gift of just Zen as concerning, you know, things that people worry about is something that I am deeply thankful for. Um, so the first thing that always crosses my mind when people say, oh, I worry about this. Like I had a conversation with someone who said, oh my God, I want my children to have a much better life than I did. I want them to go to these schools and those schools. And she, she was like, I'm not even making any money yet. It's not sort of saving, you know, I feel like such a failure. And I always laugh and say, first of all, how do you know that you're going to be around when your kids go to university? How do you know that your kids are even going to be around when you, you know, when they're at university age? These are things that we don't stop to think about like what, what what has given you that assurance that you or your kids are going to live that long i mean it's a prayer that we 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 make but there's nothing that says or oh, you're going to be around or your kids are going to be around in five years six years that makes you assume that for sure they're going to go to university or things like that so the first thing you have to understand is we're not in control of time we're not in control of our futures and as such we shouldn't really really be you know, killing ourselves about something that we have no control over. We don't know the circumstances of our future. We don't know what the world will look like. We don't know what anything will be like. So what are you worrying about? You're worrying about your children going to university when you don't even know whether some sort of artificial intelligence thing would have come that would have made university completely obsolete. We don't know what the future holds. So what exactly are we worrying about? All you can do 
is deal with now because the future essentially is now later. So if you learn to deal with now, that future will meet you at now and you'll be well prepared. You do what you can. And in Islam, it says you tie your camel and then you have, you put your trust in Allah. So you do what you can and then you leave the rest in the hands of God. And I've had so many experiences with this that just make me realize that, you know, it's just the, it's just so freeing. It's so liberating when you can live like that. So I remember when COVID hit, you know, and I, I, before people even began to panic about it, I went into like a state of internal panic because like I would said before, I'd read this crazy book the year before that it just seemed as though, you know, everything in that book was coming to pass. And I was like, oh my God, what if it gets to this level? What if it gets to that level? But then I just sat myself down. I'm like, look, what are you stressing yourself for? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how long this thing will last. You don't know if they're going to get a cure for it in a day or two. Stop beating yourself up. And I just went into proactive mode. Okay. What are the things that you're worried about? Okay, that somebody will fall ill and won't be able to access medical care. So you're going to stock up on medicines. Stock up on medicines. What are you afraid of that you'll, you will run out of food? Okay, so stock up on a lot of dried, you know, foods and things like that in the house to the capacity that you can and leave the rest in the hands of God and things like that. So I'm the kind of person that even if I have a bit of worry before something happens, once it happens, I go instantly into you know, okay, plan B, what are we going to do about it? And this also helped me. I remember when we were on holiday, my family and my, my, my husband, my kids and I, um, a few years ago, and we, the day before we we're going to come back, we did a COVID test and we had COVID. And this was at the peak of holiday season. We had spent so much money and we just wanted to get home. And then we had COVID and there was no way. My husband um, has official records. So there was no way that we could even do chua chua and, you know, make our way back home. So it was just, we, the moment we found out, I was just like, okay, what are we going to do about it? Are we, st- are we staying in this hotel? Are we, we just moved. And we, the, the extra two weeks or whatever that we had to spend because of our positive COVID test turned out to be the best time of the holiday. We had even more fun than you know, the time that we had originally spent, um, planned to spend on holiday. And for me, I just felt like it was because we're just like, okay, it has happened. It has happened. What are we going to do about it? Let's hand it over to God. Okay, let's get money from home to do this, to do that. And we just moved. And now when we look back, we're like, God was really keeping us there just so we could have fun. And this is how I teach my kids about circumstances. I'm like, what if we had gone home at the time we were supposed to go home and we were robbed on the way from the airport or something happened in the house and the house burnt down? Like, I'm always like, you don't know what God is preventing by keeping you in a circumstance or in a situation that is not what you planned. So I, I've just, I've had so many instances in my life that, you know, the things that I worry about, come to, even when they come to pass, they come to pass and they turn out to be amazing for me that I've learned to just, you know, let go and let God. If, if, if the things that I fear come my way, Allah will always, always, always show me higher in them. He will always show me the blessings in them because I trust in him, because I believe that hire is the only option that he has for me. So I don't beat myself up over things that I have no control over. And one of the best, you know, writers or teachers or whatever that has put this into um, writing and teaching that just hits the spot for me as regards this thing of not worrying is Stephen Covey. If you've, if you've read any of the seven habits books, you know, seven habits of, you know, highly effective family, seven habits of this, seven habits of that. That's the guy, Stephen Covey. And he talks about three circles. There's a circle of control. There's a circle of influence. And then there's the circle of worry. 
those three circles are pretty much, you know, our lives. So the circle of control is the circle in which you do things that you actually have control over. The way you speak, the way you dress, the places you go, the things you consume. That's your circle of control. Your circle of influence, uh, yeah, sorry, is the circle of things that of the things that you can influence by the things you do in your circle of control. So if you eat right, you can influence your weight. If you speak well, you can influence how people, you know, perceive you and things like that. And then circle of worry are things that surround us, but we have no control over. You have no control over the weather. You have no control over even, you know, man-made things like you and I don't have control over, you know, politics or world policies. You have no control over um the price of food you know all those things we don't have any control over are the ones in the circle of worry like or circle of concern they concern us but we don't have any direct control or influence over them and you know research has shown that people that stay within their circle of control are most at peace they're calmer they're more zen they're more productive you know than people that stay predominantly in their circle of worry or circle of concern so you stay within your circle of control and the human mind is such that if you're doing something about your situation, it just feels better about itself. Like, oh, she's doing something about it. Things will be okay. As against you staying somewhere and paralyzing yourself with fear and worry. Oh my God, full subsidy has been removed. Food prices will go up. Oh my God. Oh my God. What are we going to do? We're going to die of hunger. Everything just get, you, you beat yourself up into this state of frenzy and panic. And you just, you go to bed anxious, you wake up anxious, but you're not doing anything about it. Like you're just beating yourself up. But if you stay within your circle of control, you're like, okay, they remove all subsidy. Things are going to go up. Okay. So I need to generate more revenue, right? Okay. To uh, mitigate the effect. Okay. What can I do? What are the things that I can do to generate revenue? I teach, I do this. Okay. I'm going to increase the number of classes I teach. I'm going to review the prices in my business. Things like that. That's staying within your circle of control. That's doing something about the situation. And once you do that and you hand over the rest to God, you're like, look, I've done my best, God. The rest is in your hands. That's how you maintain peace of mind in your situation. And, you know, apart from even physical, tangible things, this is one thing that helps greatly when life happens to you, when trials happen. When we lose someone, for example, a woman loses her husband and she assumes, I am done for. How am I going to raise these children? Where am I going to get money from? That's not for you to worry about. Your concern is now. Okay, he's gone. He was one that was paying house rent. He was one that was doing this. What can I do? Do I have the means to earn this money or do I have to reach out to loved ones to carry me for a while? Okay, it's about being proactive about things that have happened. You staying within your circle of worry would look like... Oh my God. Oh my God. Can I, can I, will I ever be able to, you know, um, bring up my kids to the standard that I would have if he was here? Would I this, would I that? You worry about things that have not even come to pass, might not even come to pass. And then you paralyze yourself so much that even the things that you can control begin to suffer for it. You stay in that state of fear and anxiety and it's called analysis paralysis. And you're unable to even do the things that can lead you to a destination that will favor you. So we have to learn that, you know, fear is the greatest of the devil. And 
He would fear, it will scare you with poverty. It will scare you with loss of life. It will scare you with all sorts of things. But when you think about the fact that the things that the devil tries to scare us with are the things that Allah has even promised us in the Quran that he will test us with. Allah has told us, I will test you with loss. I will test you with poverty. I will test you with fear and anxiety. These are all the things that Allah has told us that we will be tested with. So when you have that at the back of your mind, and you know that tests and trials from Allah are only for one purpose, to take us back to him, to make us lean upon him, then you're better prepared. You know, you're like, this is, Shaitan is trying to mess with my mind and make me feel as if I have some control over this thing. Like, oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to end up poor. Or if I don't do this. But you, when you look at it from the spirit, from the other perspective, you're like, regardless of what I do, Regardless of how much effort I put in, God will still do what he wants to do in my life. So I'm going to leave it in God's hands. I will do my best. I will do what, you know, I can do within the control that he has given me. And the rest of it, I'm just going to leave in his hands. When you live your life like that, even big trials will not scare you. You will feel emotions. You will feel confused. You might worry. You might have pain and anxiety. You might be fearful. But the effect of those things will not be as all as consuming as it would be with someone else that hasn't kind of like mastered this idea of things and for me this was one of the things that really really helped me even with polygyny like people will say all sorts of things what if what if your husband does this what if he begins to this so what and i'm like let him do it first now maybe it's all what if None of these things have happened. If it happens, I will deal with them accordingly. But you see, that fear of what if has led so many women down paths that we don't even want to talk about. That fear of, ah, he might, he might love her more than you, so you have to do something now to make sure that that doesn't happen. He might do this more than that. He might do this. He might stop loving you. He might turn his back on you. She might want to harm your children. She might All those fears that are so unfounded have led people to do things that, you know, they had no business doing. But when you're like, look, all I can do, all I can control is what I can control within the limits that God has given me. I will do that. I will make sure that I'm a good person. I will make sure that I, I, you know, camp with God. I will make sure that I treat people kindly. I'll make sure, you know, all of those things, I will not worry about things that are outside my control. So even when, you know, people go on and on about evil eye, like, oh my God, don't do this, don't do that, evil eye, evil eye, evil eye. It really, really, really sometimes makes me ponder, do we, are we more fearful of the evil eye than we, than we trust in the protection of God? I always say that as long as your intentions are pure and you've done everything humanly possible to protect yourself as God has taught us, you're not you're not just flippantly and excessively exposing yourself because what we don't realize about evil eye is that even in living your everyday life somebody can put evil eye on you you might decide to stay in your house 24 7 and your domestic staff is beefing you because you have a better life than she does you might just mind your business and go to work every day and somebody is putting evil eye on you because of your intellect because of how you dress because of how diligent you are you don't know where the evil eye is going to come from so how many do you want to run away from all you can do within your circle of control is to do your prayer as Allah sort us, you know, giving us the morning and evening at Kairos to do protect yourself, you know, and don't be excessive in anything. Always watch your intentions and commit everything to God. The rest of it is out of your control, really. It's really, really out of your control. So do your part and leave the rest to God, and don't worry about things that you know are beyond you. Um, we need to understand as well that wisdom, our wisdom is so limited. So 
when you're worrying about things or things are not making sense to you, you have to get to a point where you're like, well, me, I don't understand, but God understands. And that's okay for me. It's, it's so liberating. It's so freeing. Like, I'm not even going to stress my head. As long as God understands, it's okay. And it gets you to a point where you're just like, you don't care so much about what people think. You don't care so much about what people say about things. Because, for example, and I keep going back to polygyny because that has been you know, a life-changing experience for me. It it really, really took me on a journey of self-awareness and, you know, far beyond what I thought I had before. And God showed, taught me so many valuable lessons, so many beautiful lessons with polygyny that I feel like for the rest of my life, I would always kind of refer to it um, when I'm teaching about, you know, trusting God and things like that. And, you know, I was going to say, well, I, I just lost my train of thought. But, you know, even with things like... um and polygyny, you stay, like I said, you stay within your circle of control, even when it doesn't make sense to you. Like it doesn't make sense to most of us that a man can love his wife and still marry another woman, but it, it, it's not meant to make sense to you. All that con- concerns you is, okay, oh, Sha, he has loved another woman or Sha, he has married another woman. What are you going to do about it? What is, what, what, what do you have within your circle of control to handle the situation in a way that is pleasing to God? That's all that concerns you. All the things that don't make sense to you, perhaps they're just outside the realms of the wisdom that God has given you. Leave them alone. We go around, we go down this horrible rabbit hole of trying to understand everything. And this is how we begin to project meanings and all sorts into even other people's lives. Oh, ah, she got divorced. It must be because she was, she's a bad wife. It must be because this, a child did this because we begin to project because we try to make sense of everything. We try to apply this unlimited, inconsequential wisdom to things that are beyond our grasp. And if we continue to do that, if we continue to stay within the circle of worry, we will never have peace of mind. We would always live in anxiety and whatnot. And this is not to say that, you know, that staying in that circle of worry is something that people have automatic control over. There are people that suffer psychologically chronic anxiety and they have to speak to therapists and a lot of it stems from you know, past experiences, past experiences, past trauma and things like that. So this is not me belittling, you know, the mental health aspect of things, but I'm talking about everyday people. Like when things happen and we go automatically into panic mode and stay in that circle of worry and completely leave our circles of control and influence that we were in reside the things that we can actually do something about. We need to learn to rein ourselves back in to be like, look, it has happened though. It's hard. I don't know I'm going to cope, but all I can do is this, that, that, and I will do those and I will leave the rest to the one in whose hands my life lies. Once you get to that point, truly a lot of things don't faze you anymore. No matter how afraid you are, no matter how, you know, worried you are, there's that reassurance that, look, God knows I'm okay. You know, so I hope that I've made sense. I hope that this resonates some way, somehow with someone. And I feel like everybody should go and learn more about the circles of control and circles of, you know, worry and circles of influence. It will really, really help you, you know, understand um, how you should view scenarios, how you should respond to situations and things like that. And the more conscious you are of those things, when certain things happen, your mind would automatically go into those circles and you'd be like, okay, I'm going to move out of this circle of worry and try and make my way back to my circle of control and once you do that over a period of time it just becomes your default it becomes what your body naturally does so please if you have time just google Stephen Covey or google the circles of control and circles of worry or concern and just read up a little bit about it and apply what you learn to your life um have a great rest of the week guys and i'll be back here next week bye